millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. This is Marit Larwood. I'm Marit Larwood. This is David Reed. Hello. 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 Um, are we well? That was perfect synchronicity. It was. We uh, There was a duality to our introduction, like um, a very pedestrianly structured film. It was uh, like a picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> Which for you? I was the monster upstairs. The picture in the attic? Yes. Oh. I've not seen the movie version of that. I've not. I've read the book, though. Which one are you, listeners? <laughs> the ugly monster or the dashing young... Um, socialite who's dead inside yeah well talking about being dead inside I'm oh yeah I feel like my blood's gone grey this week oh why I'm just exhausted tiring time of year maybe it's just the beginnings of old age wow but Is we... that, are you introducing a theme for the episode or are you just generally sad oh I don't know what it is <laughs> if only someone could help me Please, someone, send me some antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, uh, the film you saw this week you want to start really with cheered my... you up, did it? Do you want to start with your film? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to see... Uh, I think it's been out for some time, although I, it sort of came out without me noticing. But um, I thought, for the sake of being a completist sense, I went to see Monsters University, the prequel to Monsters, Inc., by the good people at Pixar. This, this, they've done how many films have they done about these? Monsters? Only two. That's, that's the oh, okay. Only two. You can't really say you're being a completist and if there's only two films. No, but Pixar completist, I mean, because Pixar oh, okay. don't produce a huge number of films, although they're sort of shitting them out a bit now. Okay, should come on, should come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Monsters University, it follows uh, uh, Mike Wachowski and uh, Sully Sullivan as they, uh, when they first went to university to learn how to scare and where they first met each other oh do they know each other in Monsters Inc in Monsters Inc they already know each other they are work colleagues oh so um, well to recap on what Monsters Inc was about they work at the scare factory where the main energy uh, for the monster world is the screams of children that then charge batteries it's like electricity so the scarers go through magical doors into the uh, when you open them, they go into the closet of a child somewhere in the human world. Or underneath the bed. Or... No, they always go into the closet. They, oh, then, do they? they then creep under the bed. But then they scare the kids, get a scream, generate electricity, come back through the door. Uh, but then 
uh, on this particular day, a child comes through into the monster world. I've seen it a long time ago. Yeah. I did enjoy it though. Yeah. No, it's very, very creative actually. And and the, this is this is sort of my slight problem with uh, Monsters University is all of the create creativity, all of the invention was done by the previous film. Oh, so this okay. is exactly the same world, and they've just sort of done a off the peg. Uh, university-based sort of sports movie, you know where. It's... So is it just? When did you go and watch it? This morning, with loads of families of kids. Yeah, yeah. Although that didn't bother me at all. Actually, it was sort okay. of quite fun. They weren't, you know, terrible kids, but it mm. was all, you know, just mums and kids this morning. But um, any nice ones? Um, oh, some lovely mums. I'm actually older than quite a lot of mums now. Really? Yeah. Well, you can be a mum legally, obviously, at yeah. sixteen. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 quite a bit. Are you, are you, you, are you was older than two mums now? Two, I could be a grandmum. <laughs> you could be, be older but than a lot two of the months. Months, It's when you see the average mum walking about, you think actually, or you see young people with children. Yeah, I mean, I'm older than a lot of these people with the fresh new ones. What You're bringing called? in this theme of what depression. They called, what you? they call the fresh new ones? Babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I once saw a load of uh, mums uh, on a jog together, and I could tell they were mums because all of them uh, they each had a pram that they were pushing whilst jogging. And they went sick down their front. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, it was you know I didn't go for the mums. I went for the film. Um, have you seen a lot of Pixar? Do you like them? Pixar is it's just Toy Story, isn't it? Well, Toy Story, Bugs Life, The Incredibles, Monsters oh, Inc. Yes, I've seen I've seen all of those. Yeah, Cars. I haven't seen. I yet. haven't seen Cars, and I'm sort of, you know, putting really... it off. But they've now done Cars two, and now Planes, which is set uh... above the Cars world. I enjoyed Toy Story, and I enjoyed. Um, uh, I think I enjoyed Ants better than, more than Bugs Life. I can't remember which one's, which one's better, Bugs Life or Ants. Uh, I have a real soft. Bot for Bugs Life, so I would say Bugs Life every time. Ants is the one with um, Woody, Woody Allen. Allen and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, with their brown ants. Yeah, yeah. Whereas they're blue and. But let's talk about this film. All right. Um, well, I'd say it's it's interesting. It's fun, you know. It's it's not as I say. It Pixar are fantastic at writing screenplays. They just are. They they don't miss a beat. Mm. And there's something about the the focus and discipline of it being an animation that means that they can't afford to just go start doing it when the script isn't perfect. I guess that's you know I guess or they just you know they really care about good scripts. So the script is beat perfect structurally. It's just not quite funny enough or. Um, or creative enough, as I say, it, it does a lot of cliches. This one, which they've they've steered clear of in the past, mm. you know. For me, it's starting to create a sort of second tier of Pixar films, which are sort of uh, Sunday afternoon films rather than real event films that they used to do. They used to do the best of the best, but Brave I saw recently as well, and that's a real just sort of like it's fine, it's you know watchable, it's got some nice moments, it's not a classic. Has this got the same budget as the last Monsters that, film? I have no idea, but I assume so. I'm going to find out now. Do, do. It takes a lot of years to do these Monsters Boxofficemojo.com. Is any, that what you go for? If any of our listeners don't know, Box Office Mojo is a website where you can go and you can have a look at the budgets and the takings internationally in different markets of movies. You have to be sort of into that kind of thing, but it is quite interesting. I'm into it. I've logged on now. 
here's some statistics coming right at you. Um, so, for Monsters, Inc., the uh, first film... Yeah. Only 115 million. Oh, that's a snip at 115 million, isn't it? 289 million lifetime gross. Okay, so it's done quite well. So what, we thought this was going to be cheaper, didn't we? Because it wasn't as good. Well, it's a sequel. I assume they'd go to, but but just use the same pictures. But then in big budget action films, they go more expensive for the sequel to try and make even more back. But if it's CGI, you've already designed all the all the monsters. Well, no, this is a thing, you know, because it's going back in time. There's a, all of the other students at the university are new monsters. Although Steve Buscemi's monsters in it again. But if you have made all that money, yeah. you probably bought some equipment. I don't know how they've made They spent two hundred million, eighty-five million more on it, but already it's made two hundred sixty-five million. Well, you have to factor into that budget marketing, presumably, which will be a large part of it. Welcome to our new podcast: <laughs> the maths and the numbers, financial I'm fandango, <laughs> fiscal fandango, fiscal film fandango. <laughs> So we'll probably do. get more listeners. You People want to do, do um, a sort of money ball of films, money reel. All I want to do is say films' budgets and their final things and work out the difference. Yeah. That's all it's going to be. Pure, cold, hard numbers. None of this chatting. <laughs> just a nonsense that surrounds it. So, I can't believe it costs £115 million. It's quite amazing, isn't it? I mean, but that shows... The first one, anyway, 115 wasn't mm. it? But £200 million to plough into it. But that's it's a sequel, you know. They've they've apparently gone big on it. Like, you know, a Pirates of the Caribbean 2 or whatever. But it's uh, it's it's a lesser film. It isn't not good, you know. I'd, I'd probably give it... I don't know, six Davids, probably. Six Davids. Mm. Talking of animation, so I got followed by this thing on Twitter called Short Film Sunday today. Right. Sunday like, with, with an E or... No, it's called Short Film Sunday with, a, with like a day, not right, a not, thing. Not like an ice cream. And if you go to a website called Short Film Sunday, they pick out um, sort of unheard of short films they like. Oh, cool. And you can watch them. There's an animation called The Street I watched this morning, um, which was made... Entirely at, on like painting on glass and stuff from 1976. It was great. This website, if you go to shortfilmsunday.wordpress.com, they've got a list of all the um, short films that they've selected, and there's one every week. So if you fancy just a, a quick odd short film, why not click in there and then you see something a bit blooming different for a change? That's good. I'll look that up. Well, shall we? Let's put that on our Facebook page so people can find it. Yeah, well, yeah. Cool. Cool. So, um, well, just to uh, round up on Monsters University, um, would you go and see it? Or have you resigned Pixar films to sort of being kids' things now? I do like them, but it feels that I will have to watch these things at Christmas at some point with my niece and nephew. I think it'd be a good Christmas watch, actually. Yeah. It'd be nice. It, I think it's a TV watch. Mm. I do. I think there are 3D showings of it as well, and I just don't see the point. I don't, yeah, I don't like going to cinema when there's lots of kids because of the behaviour issue. Yeah, yeah. So any kids' films, I like to watch at home. If it's a 15, I feel pleased. So I think there's going to be better behaviour in the cinema in general. Mm, not always. Yeah, you're right, actually. You're yeah. right. During the daytime, you know you're going to get the cinema to yourself. I went to cinema. Yep. What did you go see? I saw Ron Howard's latest blockbuster, a sports movie called Rush. 
it's about racing cars. It's about Formula One. It's about the epic um, and uh, legendary rivalry between British Grand Prix driver James Hunt and his Austrian uh, rival, uh, Nicky Lauda. Oh, yeah. James Hunt is played by that Australian bloke, Chris Hemsworth. Thor. Uh, yes, Thor. Yeah. He's basically Thor with his hair combed out with an English accent. Thor's got an English accent. He Has seems he? to only do English people these days. Yeah, it's that similar sort of deep voice to English accent. Um, Does he say thou knave a lot? Um, no, he doesn't. Oh. But he's very well mannered, but a bit saucy, James Hunt. I sort of missed this era of Grand Prix. Cause I got, I, mine was, was it the 80s? No, 70s. Oh, OK. So I remember the Mansell, sort of Senna, Prost. Yeah, I remember those. When it was big on British TV. But it's always been big round the world, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Nicky Lauda's played by Daniel Brühl, I think it's pronounced. Who is he? He, you will recognise him. He played in um, the uh, Inglorious Bastards he was the sniper, the German sniper boy who was uh, famous for killing all those people oh, in yeah, the yeah. bell tower. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, he was great. Yeah, he is brilliant in this. You're sort of spoiled little kid, really, wasn't he? Yeah, you yeah. You thought, you, I thought he was really well played, actually, in that. You didn't know whether he would fall the side of doing the right thing or he would just be a bit... Yeah. Turn into a complete arsehole. Yeah. This is my first Oscar tip. He will be up for best actor for this. You think? Yeah. Best actor for is it is it do they share the billing? Yeah, then? yes, I think it's shared. Okay, yeah, so he'll be up for best actor because he's got one of those uh, overthought shoulders trying to get in the poster. He's just trying to get his face seen, and it's just a massive. A lot of the posters, Chris just, Hemsworth. Yeah. Isn't I think because Chris Hemsworth is, is obviously uh, trying to get that the female voting, but it's more about the more interesting story for me is Daniel Brühl uh, and Nicky Lauda's story. I think he's more. Uh, he's an interesting, engaging character. I listened to an interview they did um, on another podcast. Yes, another podcast. It was on some sort of iTunes thing of Ron Howard talking with Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brühl at HMV in London, right? And talking about how, which is quite interesting to listen to, how Nicky Lauda's still alive, but James Hunt died of a heart attack when he was forty-five. So the he, Chris Hemsworth couldn't talk to James Hunt, obviously, about the film. But Daniel Brühl was able to phone Nicky Lauda and oh, go wow. and meet him. And and Nicky Lauda is a notoriously difficult uh, character, but one of the most blunt people you could ever meet. <laughs> and he doesn't. He just says exactly what he thinks. There are no airs and graces whatsoever. And he was quite unpopular at the time because he was so sort of uh, blunt. Whereas James Hunt was uh, the opposite: good-looking, sort of popular, party-going, drinking sort of playboy. Who was very popular with the women? So it's two complete. Oh, and and Nicky Lauda was very organised, very sort of straight talking, prepared his car like a machine, sort of more like the Michael Schumacher mould of okay. a racing driver, as opposed to uh, the. I think there aren't many people like James Hunt anymore because you can't afford to be. This that sounds flamboyant. like the, the same film as Monsters University. Oh, really? Where um, Mike Wachowski, played by Billy Crystal, mm. is the uh, the one who's always dreamed of uh, being a scarer. And uh, has uh, uh, done all of the homework and works really, really hard. Yeah. And then James Sully Sullivan is the one whose dad was in it, and he's just like, "I've got it naturally; it's in my bones. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to do any work." And he does it goes by on charisma. Yeah. Well, this is a good double bill. It was that classic thing of like you know a natural versus the hard worker. Yeah. Um, is that a true dichotomy? Do we think in real life, or has that sort of been fabricated by uh, by cinema? I think it, I think 
There is a lot of elements of truth with these two, actually. Where people just naturally can do it and have always been able to do it. I think so. I think you couldn't... I, the nature of it now is more and more difficult. If you see a lot of... A lot of the racing drivers now are so boring in interviews. Yeah. And I think a lot, for me, the glamour is gone. Well, almost they've become such big business and the and how you train to be good yes. has gotten so efficient that actually the, the the charismatic naturals have been edged out of the game. Yeah, I you find... Can't, you can't, I don't think there's a footballer who doesn't, you know, who... I don't think a footballer could get there who doesn't work incredibly hard anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just couldn't. There's no room for it. I mean, you hear Lewis Hamilton being interviewed... I find him self-obsessed and quite dull. Yeah, but Where, maybe you have to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this film, it, it's based on a true story. I don't know how accurate it was. Uh, they said they consulted lots of different people and tried to come up with a fairly re- a story that fairly reflects what happened. Okay. I went with um, my friend Dave McNeil, who's also appeared in the podcast yes. and in many of my films. He loved this film. He brought in Wild Geese. Yeah, you remember. he he said it was one of the best films he's seen this year. I was a a bit uh, less enamoured of it. Okay. But apparently, I went for my customary um, toilet break. I missed the uh, <laughs> when I went for a wee. I always miss important bits. Yeah. I came back and I said, "I missed a bit after." Everyone knows the story. Nicky Lauda essentially. I can. It's not really spoiler because it's, it's history. Yeah. He was in a horrendous car crash and came back from, from that. Right. And they showed quite graphic images of that, which was was quite moving. But I missed that bit because I went for <laughs> oh. uh, a wee. Um, so you missed the bit where sort of the rug is pulled out from under you and yes, you know, a bit. So what, said, the bit they've been building up to. Yeah, Dave said. No, I did, did see certain bits. I'm feel like I'm doing spoilers now. I I missed the bit in Prometheus where um, the alien head explodes. Oh, uh, okay. From going for a wee. Yeah. I missed so much, and I famously I missed um, Thingy's appearance. Who's that camp uh, sort of singing? John Barrowman's appearance. Gandalf. In, John Barrowman's <laughs> appearance in um, some film, uh, war film. Oh, his God, cameo. Yes, yes, he was in. Um, he was in Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, I missed that yeah. from a wee break because it's literally two minutes, isn't it? My God. Yeah, the things I've missed in life. <laughs> only I could wet myself. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the look of it's great. It looks seventies. It's shot really, really well. The thing that's missing for me is I think the dialogue feels quite stilted in some of the films, especially with Chris Hemsworth. Some of the um, scenes, rather, aren't really engaging. I found a little bit cringy and not okay. great acting. The racing bit's great, but at the back of my mind, the one of the greatest films of recent years, which is a documentary, Senna, uh, which I saw without any of the hype. I, th- it has got some of the most spine-chilling moments. Yeah. Well, th- that w- that was going to be my next question yeah. because it's Senna is so good. And uh, listeners, if you've not seen it, track it down, please. You won't regret it. But it sounds like the story is not only about cars, but even the the rivalry thing is quite similar. In it yes. sounds like so again, it's like why would you fictionalize this when? The, the real thing was done so well, you're not going to get close to yeah. how moving it is. That's what I felt, really. I felt that it was a narrative version of Senna and done really well. I think yeah. Ron Howe's done a really good job. Uh, but it, if it's too similar, you're not going to be as as moving. That was the, pro- the problem for me was I was just thinking of Senna and that possibly one of the most moving moments in film mm. when you follow Senna's car and they follow the in-camera footage of him before he dies. Yeah. And I've never seen anything like that, anything. And it still makes me 
hair stand up in my arms thinking about it, it that was for me one, one of the most moving moments in film and this didn't really do uh, I just thought there was something missing slightly something less it wasn't edgy enough well that's that's Ron Howard wasn't enough isn't drama it? I mean, there wasn't enough drama I think Ron Howard's a very good director um, but he makes a Ron Howard film doesn't yeah. he I mean he, like Spielberg in that regard they are more palatable than uncomfortable I definitely um, think it is it does feel it, 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 there's no unpalatable scenes really mm. there are it does, it does include some sex themes which I thought was quite odd for Ron Howard mm. and even those aren't really like it's not well, he's middle-aged now. He might be getting a bit frustrated. Yeah, he might be getting a touch of the Verhovens. Of course, he's not. He is a pair of safe hands. He's never going to give you anything that no. uh, really. Oh, well, I haven't spent anything that really excites me or feels dangerous. But he does a good film. It looks great. It looks the seventies look is brilliant. The way he, the, the shots are beautiful. The way it feels like you're in the seventies. They capture the atmosphere. So many things are done. Really, really well in this film. How many Marricks? I give it seven. Ah, okay. And I think some people, if you like cars, I you should bear in mind that I don't like cars. I'm not remotely interested. No, I find Formula One very boring. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you have to like cars to like Formula One because because the car is doing the winning yeah you can put the best driver in the world in a slightly less good car and they won't stand a chance yeah. so you have to sort of be obsessed with fin angles and mm. you know tyre types and stuff I, I was more interested in, in uh, Nicky Lauda's story uh, than James Hunt's story um, I've not heard of James Hunt I have to admit oh uh, he used to do the commentary with Murray Walker oh right the, uh, okay yeah, he's, yeah. he's got the most wonderful voice it's he's comes from a rich sort of background it's a really deep, uh, sort of arist- deep voiced English arist- aristocratic voice. Can you it's do incredible. it for us now? I can't do it. <laughs> it's uh, he's got the perfect English voice. Has Chris Hemsworth studied the, his commentary? Do you think? I think he did. But they said they changed it because in this other podcast, listening to it, <laughs> they just said, parrot because, what they because his voice was so unusual now and so clipped and so of that time. Yeah. It seemed that when he copied his voice exa- exactly, it felt like uh, unrealistic. So right. they had to modernise it, and they listened to the voice of James Hunt's son, and based on that voice, a sort of more modern voice. Um, but Jane, I don't know if Chris Hemsworth has the charisma to pull off James Hunt. Interesting. Interesting. And there were a few really stilted scenes where I don't think there was enough drama. They like half scenes. It, it, it's a heartbreaking moment, isn't it? When there's this sort of a star, especially one who's fairly new, that you've enjoyed in everything they've done, and suddenly in a film you see their limitations if they've been pushed beyond what they're actually brilliant at. Oh, he's very know? good. He's very good. But I would rather see the Nicky Lauder story than uh, yeah, yeah. Um, than the James Hunt story. But I think James Hunt had a more a fascinating story to tell. Who knows? I think it's going to do very well this film and. It's nice to see a blockbuster that's a bit different as well. Yeah. But saying that, once you watch this, it's a really good film. It's a good, uh, enjoyable, I think it left me wanting a little bit, but it just reminded me of, of Senna, which is an astounding documentary. Do you wish you'd gone to see Diana instead? 
I'm tempted to still go and see Diana. So am I, just for the sort of car crash I've thing. I've read the trailer. One, one star reviews and it yeah. just seems awful. Oh my God. But for a story, Diana, that is so public, they've almost like rewritten history. Like, mm. Apparently Dodie Fayed's written out of Diana and it's all about that. Uh, sur- it concentrates more on the surgeon, her relationship with him. And make made Dodie fired enough, but I've not seen, so I can't comment. I assumed on it. it was Dodie fired who was the love interest. No, it's the surgeon. Is it really? Yeah. God, it's so. I don't know. I think she Nile looks quite like her, but I think Buddy looks more like. If Princess Buddy Diana. was playing Diana, yeah. I would definitely go and see that. <laughs> In fact, I think for our film Fandango Live, <laughs> that's what you should do. Well, I will maybe. <laughs> No, I'm not promising that. It's a horror special. Well, let's talk about a this. A horror movie version of Body as Princess Diana. Actually, I saw, I tell you, slight segue, um, uh, or tangent rather, um, I saw uh, The Five Year Engagement the other day by chance. Have you seen no, that film? No, It's a Judd Apatow film with um, uh, Jason Segel and really good things Emily it. Blunt. Really, really fun. Yeah, really good. I sort of am in love with Emily Blunt now and like really? everything she's in. Yeah, I think she's excellent. Um, but she's specifically good in romantic things because she's just got such a sort of natural performance to her. You just believe her and stuff. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is that they meet at a costume party where he's dressed as a rabbit and she's um, uh, he's dressed as super rabbit. It's a, come as a made-up superhero yeah. party. He's dressed as super rabbit and she's dressed as Princess Diana. <laughs> Ah, did she look at Princess Diana? A little bit, a little bit. Talking about, uh, let's plug Film Fandango Live. First. All right, we are doing our second ever live show here in good old London town. Well, it's not even a podcast, is it? It's just going to be. It's a big... it's, it's going to be a live show, and um, there's a quiz, and you can win prizes. Come along with your friends. There'll be drinks galore, and we will show short films that we've made as part of the quiz. Um, and that is going to be on the 29th of October. A Tuesday, the best night for going out in the week, right? Absolutely. You've got through Monday and you can't face the rest of the week. So you just go, screw it, I'm going to get hammered tonight. Yeah. I don't care what my boss says. I'm going to win some DVDs. We're going to have lots of DVDs and prizes you can win. And it's going to be a horror-based film, short film quiz type thing that we're in the process of making at the moment. So if you'd like to get tickets for that, then you can go to facebook.com forward slash film fandango and follow the link from there. Also, if you would like to email us, then do so. Dear film fandango at gmail.com or you can tweet us at the, film fandango. Then do so. Then do so. Also, you can mm. write on our Facebook wall. Yes. Then do so. Do so. At film. <laughs> it's not at. Facebook.com forward slash Phil Fandango. I've said that one already. There are too many things, aren't there? Too many things. Hey, guess what? What? Someone has Facebook page dust. What do they want? It's Edward James. Hello, Edward James. I hope it's Edward James Olmos from Blade Runner fame. He doesn't look like it. He looks... I can see his picture. Has he got a heavily scarred face? And does he leave uh, behind little... uh, Maxstick men with the retchings everywhere? No, he's he's got a picture... Different guy. It's a different guy. He's from Milton Keynes. Okay. Um... Edward James, hi guys and gals. I don't know who she's talking about. That there, love the podcast. Doesn't don't, don't all our twelve listeners? <laughs> I have a question. What is your favourite film that has a twist in it? Six Sense, anyone? Mine is either Midnight Sting, James Wood and Lou Gossett Jr., 
or hopscotch water matel what's yours well this is the thing I've remembered my favourite twist in a film and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the film I remember watching it on TV and think it was brilliant so if I tell you the twist I don't know if that counts as a spoiler because I haven't told you what to, what film it's in Oliver Twist that's the one Oliver Twist it's got a twist in it um it basically it's a man who wakes up from a car crash um and uh he's lost his memory and he moves back in with his wife and then he discover he starts to suspect his wife's having an affair oh. and and he uh keeps having these dreams of this abandoned um ferry uh on the shore somewhere I've seen this film. what's it called because he he then uh, thinks that somebody's trying to kill him. Anyway, he tries to track down the murderer and eventually goes to the... the uh, Who is the actor in it? I can't remember. That's the thing. I can't even look it up. Um, he goes to the... He tracks the ferry down and goes into it. And in his memories, it keeps going through these corridors to this room with a with a sort of water tank in it. And he goes to the water tank and he opens it and it's him in the tank. And really? it turns out... Is it clone? No, it turns out that after the car accident... Um, he was given facial reconstructive surgery to look like uh, he, the the wife's husband because he is actually the killer, and he killed himself. Great twist! That is incredible. So he, because he got amnesia after the car crash, he has been the guy he's been tracking down the whole time. I think it's called "Don't Know About You." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Look it up. Look it up on Box Office Mojo. Don't know about you. No, because uh, he dumped the body in a vat of chemicals that he found in this thing, but it turned out the chemical from aldehyde. It's a preservative. Uh-oh. I want to watch that film, but yeah. you ruined it for me. Yeah, sorry. Um, the, one, the one I can think of off the top of my head, I mean, there's a twist, is also a Walter Matthau film. Yeah. And I enjoyed Hopscotch. This is the... Uh, the first and far superior version of a taking of Pelham 123. Is there a twist at the end? Because I've seen that, I really liked it. Yeah. I can't remember the twist. It's the, I'll have to watch it again. It's the, I don't remember. How he arrests him. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's, Actually, I don't really think it's a twist. I think it's a little bit of a twist. I, I want to see it again now, though. You've made me... I don't think no. it is. It's, a little, it's not really a twist. It's a little bit of a twist. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good film, though. Write down your bloody twist. Thank you, Pelham123. Uh, if you'd like to uh, tell us uh, we're wrong, or uh, uh, pick your favourite twist, then stick it on our Facebook page, and we'll share them with people next week. In our 100th episode... There's another um, uh, uh, Facebook message here. From Jacob Degler, or Degler. What do we think? Uh, Degler. Degler. Um, okay. Hi there. I just heard the anecdote about a movie location in a horror film, which was familiar so the person couldn't concentrate on the gore. I feel the need to tell my little anecdote, which is this. I studied in Krakow, Poland, at the art school. I knew some people from other departments, and as you know, Schindler's List was filmed in Krakow. They hired extras there. So when I once watched a film on TV and there is a scene where the Nazis come in a hospital and shoot the patients in the beds, one of the Nazis I recognised as a fellow student of mine. There was nothing else to do than laugh laugh at this tragic, tragic scene. Thanks, and keep up the cool podcast. Jacob, 
I did Jacob as um, an Australian trying to do a couple of I like accent. that, yeah. Jacob Degner, the only person who's ever laughed at Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's Congratulations. Right. Congratulations. That must be weird, though, when you go, oh, I haven't seen him in a while. Or maybe it was just that his dad was a Nazi. Maybe. It's a documentary, right? Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I watched a good film I'd like to recommend as well. This What's week. that? Well, I did it for ages. You know when you get love film and uh, you're, you don't watch the DVDs and they yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, for them. months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had this film since April and not watched it because I thought it's, it's a French film called Point Blank and only a couple of weeks before I'd watched the Lee Marvin. Is it Lee Marvin? Uh, the Lee... I can't remember his name. The American Point Blank of the 60s was quite famous. Right. So I thought it was a rubbish French remake of it. And I thought, I can't watch that until I forget about the previous one. It's a completely different film. <laughs> it's a French... And I love French films. It's a great French fast-paced thriller about a nurse who gets caught up in... Uh, accidentally gets caught up in a crime and him and his girlfriend get caught up in it. If you like a good old exciting action film which has got a bit more to it, Find point blank and bloom and watch it, all right? I think I think the French are unfairly uh, maligned for doing sort of black and white films with cigarettes and people saying nothing and looking off yeah. into the distance. They do really good thrillers. Mm. Really good. I mean, lest we forget, Luc Besson is French. Yes, may we? And also, what's his name? Oh, um, Ratface. Uh, Gerard Depardieu. No, no, that's Pigface. Oh, right. <laughs> Who's Ratface? The one from uh, Maureen. Oh, yes, uh, him. Uh, Vincent Cassell Vincent Cassell Vincent Cassell anyway enough about that we've talked enough haven't we do you think I think that's films um, we'll be back next week for our 100th episode any questions please send them in and remember keep watching the films bye, bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.